Hey, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're praying this message encourages you, grows your faith, and builds your relationship with Jesus. Thanks for joining us. It's good to be with you this morning. I'm excited about what God wants to do today, and um, my husband will attest that I've rewritten this four times. It might be five, actually. He did say that I could write it again during that worship song. That's how much confidence he's got in me today. <laughs> He was saying it as a joke. He, he totally has confidence. But you know what? Because I just know that God is going to do something new this morning. He wants to do something fresh. And sometimes when we are just listening to God and we are pressing in, it doesn't always come straight away. We've got to press in a little bit more. And I really believe that this morning, though, God is going to touch your hearts and your lives in a fresh way through the book of Ruth, because we are in week two in our series, Ruthless. And um, we're going to get into this because there is a lot in this chapter, like so much. I would, I would say to you, like as I was reading through commentaries this week, I would just say to you, take some time to do a deep dive just into the complexities and the nuances that are in the Word of God. And if you just, this is a short chapter, so much gold in here, too much to be able to go into today. I tried and that's why I had to rewrite it because we would have been here all day, guys. And I really didn't want to do that to you. Um, But it will deepen your love for the Word of God. So please take some time to do that every now and again. It's so important. Um, We find ourselves, to recap, in a story where a woman, Ruth, has come back into the Israelite community with her mother-in-law, Naomi, from Moab. Because Naomi and her husband, Elimelech, had gone with their two sons to Moab because there was a famine in the process. They married two Moabite women. And what happened while they were there was Elimelech died and so did her two sons. And so she's left with two daughters-in-law and one of them chooses to come back with her to the Israelite community and that is Ruth. So that's where we are. Uh, Chapter 1, Ruth says to Naomi, so we're just going to quickly recap says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And I don't even really think that Ruth knew exactly what that meant at that time, probably. She was just wanting to be faithful and loyal to Naomi. And it's okay, because God is good, and he weaves lots of our stories together. And so this is where we are. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, because we... I need to save time. I want to get through this. But I am going to read some uh, scriptures to you and then I'm going to do the Jez paraphrase for the rest of it. Uh, Chapter 2. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. We've got a little Boaz in the house. Oh, there he is. There's little Boaz. This is about you. Not really about you, but your namesake kind of. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, as it turned out, we're going to come to that, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, fancy that, who was from the clan of Elimelech. And then, just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. And then he asks who this Moabite woman is and they tell, oh, who this woman is and the overseer of the harvesters tells, yep, this is the Moabite woman. She's been here all day. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. 
Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told about what you have done for your mother-in-law. It's good to be good to your mother-in-law, everybody. I've been told what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. Then they have a meal, he eat, they eat together, and then he, they, she goes off to glean again. And then he says to his workers, even pull out some of the stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So she gleans. All of that happens. She goes back to her. She gets heaps and F-A, whatever that is called, E-P-H-A-H. Um, and that's a lot. That's a lot of barley. And so she goes back and she talks to her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law says, where were you? And she said, actually, I worked in a, for a guy who's called Boaz. And Naomi goes, the Lord bless him. <laughs> Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing kind, his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Now, that plays a really big part later on in the story, like the next couple of chapters. Then Ruth the Moabite said, he said, stay. He said, stay and plant, and, and plant or glean with, uh, with my harvesters for the rest of the harvest season. And so Ruth stayed with the women that of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were fulfilled and she remained staying with her mother-in-law. There we go. Everyone got the gist? We're on it? Great. Lord God, I pray that today you would just, just speak to us, Lord. Give us ears to hear what you might say. Let our hearts be open, Lord God, to, to what you want to do in us. And Father, I pray that we would just take one thing away today that you want to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, Ruth stays with Naomi. We've established that. But as people who had no men in the family, this was a pretty big deal. And it was pretty hard for Ruth and Naomi to look after themselves because they didn't have anyone in the family to go out and work. And so, Ruth decides that she's going to go out and she's going to glean in the harvest fields. Now, gleaning, just for our... Uh, reference, was a job that was typically for the lowest members in society. So the lowest people, it was uh, something that the Israelite law uh, said they had to do, was let the poor people go behind the harvesters and basically pick up all the leftovers that were on the ground so that they could survive themselves. So it was for those people who didn't own land, they weren't employed, they just got to pick up the bits and take it home and use it. And we're also introduced to Boaz in chapter 2, right? So we're getting to know a little bit about what's happening in this scene in Ruth. So just a side note, shout out to our amazing uh, 
team yesterday, our, our yard maintenance team. I got, a, I got, yeah, can we give them a big shout out? They are amazing. I, I feel like I'm like right into the, like what it would have felt like to glean. Because I went behind the more experienced members of the team and I just picked up the, you know, the scraps and the bits that needed to go in the bin. I didn't take them home. Sorry, Ben, probably should have. Um, but I just got to pick those bits up. And they, they're just amazing and they're doing such a great job. You should definitely be a part of one of those crews. Um, they're a force to be reckoned with. And it's so much fun. Oh, just a side, like another side note. Oh, my gosh. The reward, just seeing the lady's face and just, oh, it was just so beautiful, so, so lovely to be a part of. And so, yeah, thank you, team. You guys are amazing. Um, so what does God want to show us and grow in us through chapter two? In a nutshell, Ruth chapter two is about the extravagant grace of God, in a nutshell. So let's keep that in mind as we continue on this morning. So can you think of a time where you have been overwhelmed or absolutely blessed by something that you were just not expecting? Something that you didn't know was coming, perhaps it was a gift, perhaps it was something that somebody said to you, whatever it might be, lots of things that might be coming into your head. You might have been shown great blessing or favour uh, and, and you just didn't know it was coming. So there was this one time, one, one of the many times probably, when I was trying to get fit Okay, I will just, as, a, as enough, so I'm doing a lot of side notes today, but as another side note, I've been doing Pilates every morning for like a couple of months, thank you, and I feel pretty good. Yeah, it's wall Pilates, it's a little bit easier on the body, it's great, you should try it. But anyway, it was one of those times where I was trying to get fit, and I was feeling a little bit hopeless about it, because I had young kids, and I didn't feel like we had any money to be able to go to the gym, and I'm glad I didn't, because I really don't like the gym, but... Didn't have any money to do that, and we had a new biz, like a fairly newish business that we'd sort of were trying to motivate, get along, and um, we had the mortgage and all of those sorts of things. So it was time, it was money, it was all of those. And I was talking to my friend because um, at the time the kids had just been given a Wii, like a Nintendo Wii, which they loved and played all the time when we let them with the appropriate amount of screen time. I mean, and <laughs> and. I had thought, oh, what if I get a Nintendo Fit? You know, the Wii Fit, like the one that goes on the ground and you've got the nunchuck things and the things you've got to, like, walk and whatever. And I was like, I could do that. It's at home. The kids will use it. I'll use it. Anyway, I was talking to my friend about it. And I had just sort of said, oh, you know, I'd really love to get this. but And I was wrestling because it was, you know, a fair bit of money and I didn't know whether to get it or not. And... I was like, ah, just, I don't know what to do. And then eventually, I feel like we had this conversation and she's in the room, so, but I'm not going to draw attention to her because she'll be embarrassed. But I feel like we had this conversation and then I just let it go because I was like, you know what, I don't really need it. I can walk, I can find another way to get fit. It's going to be fine. I'm just going to let it go. Anyway, um, not very long after that, like maybe a couple of days, I reckon, my friend, again, just turns up with this we fit. And I was just like, what? This is like, this is too much. 
And I was so blown away by the generosity and the kindness and just the fact that it wasn't my birthday and it wasn't some special thing. It was just because, just because she wanted to bless me, she wanted to help me to achieve a goal. And we did use that fit until it's like died, basically. Um, And I just was so blown away and it really blessed me and our whole family, really. It was unexpected, it wasn't earned, and it, was, it just really touched me in a, in a, in a beautiful way. And what, Yes, it is awesome. Thank you, Julie. What does this have to do with grace? Grace cannot be earned. It is something that is freely given. It is the grace of God that brings us into relationship with him because of Jesus. Grace is a huge part of the Christian faith, huge. And as Christians, we are saved by faith through grace. That's like amazing. Jesus ruthlessly pursues a relationship with us. He so ruthlessly pursued that, that he extended this grace towards us by giving up his life. And Pastor Simo talked about it before, by giving up his life, even though we did nothing to deserve it, We did nothing to earn the sacrifice. He just wanted for us to be in relationship with God. This is the ultimate display of grace, right? John chapter 1, verse 14 and 16 in the NLT. We're all going the NLT this morning. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Out of this fullness, we have all received grace, we've all received grace, in place of grace already given. Oh, wow. But you know what? This grace is sometimes hard to get our heads around because in today's day and age, we, want to, we feel like we earn something and we deserve it. Like we aim to, we work and we work the hours that we work and we want to get paid for the hours that we work because that's what we deserve. Hey, I earned this and, you know, I do something for somebody else and we expect that in return they're going to do something for us most of the time. That's what the world would say, right? That's how it works. But there are so much, so many ways that this beautiful grace, this unexpected, undeserved grace plays out in our life as we live our lives in God. And so what can we learn from Ruth about the extravagant grace of God? The first thing we can learn is that God in his grace accepts us just the way we are. Just the way we are. Ruth came from Moab. So she's a foreigner to the land of the Israelites. And she was, as a result, not someone who had any rights or privileges. She had nothing. And so in order to provide for herself and Naomi, she had to take a big risk. She had to go out and hope that someone would let her glean in their harvest field. And she just had to find someone who would be able to let her do that so that she could get something for Naomi and herself and they wouldn't starve. That's what the plan was. But what we see is that Boaz allows her to glean and accepts her, not only accepts her as as somebody who can glean, but actually accepts her into his group of employees. Now, 
What does that mean? It's not just something like she gets to go behind all the employees. So this is kind of what it looked like. You would have the men who would go about like harvesting, like properly harvesting. How do you harvest like this, maybe? Okay, they're doing that with the barley. Let's just pretend that's what they do. What what was that? Yeah, scythe. Mm, I don't know what that means. Okay, (laughs) scythe. (laughs) I'm going to look that one up later. That's what they're doing, right? Then you've got the women and, uh, and some other men as well, young men, who come along and they bundle everything together that's just been scythed. See what I did there? I learned. I'm a good learner. They bundle it all up and then they leave it and then they come and they collect it all later on. What happens is there's bits that fall by the wayside. And so the poor people are not allowed to be with those people. They come along behind and they just pick up the bits. So they just pick them up. So that's what we're looking at, okay? And that's what the poor people were allowed to do. And so that's what Naomi was expecting. But what Boaz does is he says words like this, stay with my maidens. So these are the people who are up here bundling. Stay with my maidens to indicate that she's not only allowed to glean, but actually she's going to be treated like an employee She's going to be treated with the same rights and the same privileges. So Boaz accepts her into this group of people when all she was expecting was just to be able to get some stuff to be able to eat. Amazing. She is also allowed to eat with them. She's allowed to drink the water. Now, that's a huge deal. You should look into why that's a huge deal. Drink the water that they draw. And she is protected and kept safe with them. The grace of God is for every single one of us just as we are. He accepts us as we come. God does not discriminate. In a way, Boaz was demonstrating what Jesus would would do when he came to earth. He extended grace to us by giving up Jesus, gave up his deity to tear down the earthly barrier between people groups, between, to make a way for every person to be accepted into the kingdom of God. That's for you and me and for every other person. Peter tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men and women from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Amazing. No matter what walk of life we are in, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've come from, it doesn't matter. God accepts us. His grace is so extravagant that he accepts us regardless. He loves every single person. No one is exempt, not one person. He extends his extravagant grace towards us all. And you are able to receive this free gift from God before you even do a thing. Right now, just as Naomi was accepted, as she was in, like, into Boaz's crew, we are accepted into the family of God. We just have to make a decision to say yes to that gracious gift. The second thing we can learn about the extravagant grace of God is because of God's grace, we find favor and blessing. Now, this can be a little bit contentious because 
I think we sometimes think that blessing is like we're going to be living in a mansion and I'm going to have all of the stuff because we immediately go to that place of materialism where we think blessing is like all of the stuff that we get. But let's just explore this a little bit. God offers us his grace when we've done nothing to deserve it. And we say yes and we give our lives to Jesus. And as we live our lives for him by faith, we are subject to a favor that we have not earned. That is unmerited favor. So grace is often described as unmerited favor, undeserved favor from God. Despite our sinful nature, our shortcomings or our weaknesses. I said to somebody just the other night, we kind of have an unfair advantage. Like when we love Jesus and when we're living our lives for him, we kind of have an unfair advantage. It's God's favor. God's favor is on our lives. I'm totally fine with that. So Boaz not only accepted Ruth, but he went way beyond, way beyond, and showed incredible favor and blessing to her even though Ruth hadn't done anything to earn it. And he didn't even really know her. Protection, food to eat, leftovers to take to Naomi. He told the workers to look after her. Uh, He gave her a place to glean for the whole harvest season. They didn't have to worry about anything at that point. Boaz even told his workers to pull out some of the stalks out of the bundle they'd already bundled and just leave them there for her. Like... The workers would have been looking at Boaz going, are you insane? Like, what are you talking about? We just worked hard to put that one. But no, Boaz said, even, and don't rebuke her. Take them out, put them down, and don't you rebuke her. That's huge favor right there. It's beyond normal. Blessing above and beyond. And Ruth, as you would be, is quite shocked at the level of favour she's given, and she bowed down with her face to the ground. I feel like I really missed an opportunity when I got that wee fit. I should have, like, bowed down with my face to the ground. It seems like an appropriate thing to do when there's a huge blessing, right? Because we are so grateful. (laughs) Imagine if you just go out and you see heaps of people just bowed down on the ground. This will be like our new thing. If you are blessed beyond beyond anything you can imagine, get down and bow down with your face on the ground. That's fun. Okay, moving on. (laughs) She bowed down with her face to the ground and she asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? She had been honorable to Naomi and found favor in the sight of Boaz, even though she'd done nothing for him. Nothing. She'd just been a good person to a distant relative that maybe he met once upon a time. In fact, all the factors were really against her. Again, young female, no skill, possible, I don't say no skill, but not in the harvest field perhaps. Foreign, didn't know the rules, didn't know what she was doing probably, and yet Boaz accepted her and Ruth lives and works in a place of favour simply because of the goodness of Boaz. We are accepted and live in a place of favour and blessing simply because of the goodness of God. Because of his extravagant grace towards us. 
And that blessing looks like so many things. And again, while we initially we might think material things, can I tell you that there is blessing that is so much more than that, so much better than that? We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We are blessed with everything we could ever need in the spiritual. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us. What? The Holy Spirit lives in us. We got blessed with the Holy Spirit. That is favor. We are blessed by the community of believers, by the people around you, the people that are in this room and the people who are online and the people who can't be here today. We are blessed by them because we choose to be a part of this community of believers. And it's so important that we just stop, just stop for a minute and realize that there is a blessing every single day. How are we stewarding the blessing that God has poured out on us, the favor that God has poured out on us, the grace that we have received? How are we stewarding that well in our day-to-day? The third point today, we outwork the grace from God through the Holy Spirit. See, we don't just stay in a place of that initial grace and favor. We don't just stay there, okay, got it. I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to watch the world go by. You, you know, we, we probably could, but that's not going to be beneficial for you or the rest of the world. We move forward in a place of transform, into a place of transformation where we're becoming more and more like Jesus. Part of our unfair advantage, like I said before, is that when we choose to live for Jesus, we are graced with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, we bear the fruit of the Spirit. It is in us. And Galatians 5, which my kids would be able to say off the top of their head, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Right? We have that fruit in us already. And today we're going to just focus on one of those, and that is kindness. Boaz is a man of God. He knows the Lord and operates in a place that honors him. And as a result, he bears fruit, showing incredible kindness towards others. And there is huge power in kindness. Did you know that God shows us incredible kindness? Not not just in the blessing and the favor and all of those things, but in Romans 2, 4, it says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Kindness of God leads us to repentance. Because in his, God, in his kindness, God leads us away from the things of the world, leads us away from sin and the things that hold us back and tear us down, leads us away from the things that are not good for our lives, and he takes us by the hand and he transforms our lives as we walk with him. And I think sometimes we're probably pulling in the opposite direction. God's going that way and we're like, oh, I really like this thing over here. But he's gently and kindly turning us back around to experience his grace all over again. How beautiful. He's working in our lives. We don't even realize, you know, we look, if we look at uh, Ruth and Boaz, he happened to have Ruth in that 
particular field and, and Boaz happened to just turn up. No, 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 no. In God's kindness, he is working in your life all the time. All the time. He knows the big picture. And the thing about kindness is it's infectious. I remember, um, you know, I was a bit, I wasn't sure whether to share this story or not because I didn't want to make myself sound awesome. But I, I, thank you, Jules. I know I'm awesome. But no, I'm just joking. That's why I didn't want to share this because I didn't do this particular thing to get any glory from it. I did it because the Holy Spirit was moving. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, yeah, but it can encourage others to do the same. And so here we go. I remember seeing a homeless lady just outside Coles at Waratah. And to be honest, sometimes I just don't know what to do. When I see somebody like that, I, I don't really know what to do, but I felt really stirred by the Holy Spirit. And um, was it you, Charlotte, or Maddie? One of you, Maddie, Maddie, was with me. And we had gone in, we'd got our groceries, and we'd come out, and I saw her, and we went and put our groceries in the bag. And I said to Mads, I thought it was Charlotte, but I said to Mads, hey, um, I feel like we really need to go uh, back and see if we can help that lady. And she was like, oh, okay, whatever. And so we went back and I just said to her, hey, look, I just wondered whether there might be um, something that I might be able to go in and buy for you from Coles. Is there, can I get you some groceries? Can I help you out at all? And she just looked at me with like tears in her eyes and this look of someone who had just been so desperate for something, so desperate for someone just to show a tad of like a little bit of kindness to her when every other person was just walking past. And she said, I, that would be so great. I would really appreciate that. And so she gave me a small list. It wasn't extravagant, a small list of the things that she, she could carry with her and that she could use immediately. And I got her those and, and a couple of extra things. But as I was returning to my car, and we did that and it was great. And Madsen, I was able to show Maddie how to be kind to someone. I was like, yeah, great. But then as I was returning to my car, a lady came up to me and she said, hi, um, I just, I saw what you did back there. And I just wondered if there was anything maybe that I could do to help as well. And I said, you know what? You could just go and talk to her. Just go and ask her if there's anything that you can help. Maybe a blanket or... But she'll be able to tell you if she needs something. And so that lady was able to go back and ask her what she needed and be able to provide something else. But it was because she saw somebody else be kind that she was like, I can do that too. I, I can be like that. Which God is into kindness. It's not hard. We're all graced with the ability to be kind because we have the Spirit of God living in us. Just like Boaz showed tremendous kindness, God shows us even more kindness. And even if we're having a bad day, even if we don't believe in ourselves, even if we are feeling weak, and even if we are feeling like, I do not know what's going on, God, even then, God says His grace, His grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, each, Paul is saying, he was trying to get rid of the thorn in his side. I don't know if you've read that, but if you haven't, that's what it's about. He wanted to get rid of the thorn in his side. Each time he said, my grace, God said to him, my grace is all you need. 
My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. God's grace. God's grace, so powerful in our lives. The way it manifests in our lives, so powerful. You know, let's be people who ruthlessly cut out the things of the world that cause us to be unkind or cause us to be anything but spirit-led. Let's ruthlessly cut them out and be disciples of Jesus who pursue a life in the Spirit. Let's be those people who say yes to God and no to everything else. Let's say, yes, God, I want you. I want to walk in your grace. I want to walk in in the Spirit of God so that I can show kindness to people. I want to be with you, Lord. The grace of God is so extravagant. It's over and above all that we have earned, all that we deserve. It's beyond anything we can imagine. We are now no longer bound by sin because of grace. We are now no longer bound by our flesh because of grace. We have the grace to live in this world and not of the world. In our weakness, God's grace is sufficient. God's extravagant grace gives us strength. We have grace to resist temptation, just like Jesus did. We have grace to extend kindness towards others and so much more. We're graced with the ability to pursue a life that reflects the goodness and the faithfulness of God, all because we accepted a free gift from Jesus, a free gift of grace from Jesus when we chose to give our hearts to him. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming messages. We would love for you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.